Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? The show where we reveal the most taboo modalities that just might be the medicine that your soul needs to feel free. I am your host, Emily Fletcher, Broadway performer, turned meditation teacher, turned sacred sexuality advocate, and I am delighted to share this episode with you so that we can help solve the challenges that we're facing as a species and have a great time doing it. On today's episode, we ask the question, why isn't everyone using the seven laws of abundance? With my guest, Preston Smiles. Now, if you have ever felt fear or lack or struggle around money, this episode is for you. Because Preston is one of the most captivating speakers I have ever witnessed. He has a unique ability to teach using entertaining stories, and his mission is to inspire a multi-generational movement to remind us that when we amplify our love, we automatically amplify our lives. He is married to author and coach Alexi Panos, and they are parents to four beautiful children. Now, in this episode, Preston is going to take us through the seven laws of inner abundance through stories from his own life, allegories from the Bible, and stories from his mentors that are going to help you to really embody them in your own life. You're going to hear his crazy journey from having only $8 in his bank account to now being an abundance coach to hundreds of thousands of people. So please enjoy this captivating episode of Why Isn't Everyone Using the Seven Laws of Abundance with Preston Smiles. One of the most beautiful concepts from the Vedas is the idea that bliss is your birthright. 24 hour a day bliss is your birthright and anything standing in the way of that is stress. Now I'm curious what you think might happen if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright came together to meditate, to breathe, to pray, and to put our attention on that which we want to grow. Well, good news, you're about to find out. I have a very special invitation for you to join me for our next live bliss activation. Now, this is totally free. I do it about once a month because teaching live is my most favorite thing, getting to connect to you, answering your questions, and meditating with a big group of amazing people around the world is my highest delight. So all you have to do to join me live for free is go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate. Activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright. What has been the thing that you've been most proud of in the last 10 years? Oof, that's a hell of a way to start. Um, most proud, I think resilience. Mm. That, just being willing to step back in the room. Did you ever get out of the room? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get out of the room often. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm most proud of is stepping back in the room emotionally, spiritually, physically, across the board. And I mean that especially in relationship, um, romantic relationship. Uh, marriage and relationships can be very challenging, especially if your wounds sort of <clears throat> perfectly mirror the things that you know, the Dharma we came here to work through. And Alexi and I uh, definitely have some perfect matches in that way. And there's been some things that uh, just didn't work. And I wasn't brave enough and didn't have the conscious awareness to enter them in a healthy way. And so we've, we've clashed and things have come up over these 10 years, especially, I don't know if you know this, but statistically, uh, within the first year of having a child, most couples, married couples, uh, 67% of couples get a divorce within the first year of having a baby. 
I did. I got a divorce and my son was of a year and a half or two. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so, and we've done that. You know, we have four, four kids. Yes. You've had four so opportunities. Every time. To get out of the this ring. This beautiful bomb just gets dropped in the family and we're like, rawr, rawr. And I hear it's exponential that like it's, two kids is not two, it's ex to the second like degree. 30, and then the third yeah. is to the third degree. And then yes. the fourth is to the hundredth degree. Yes. <laughs> it is pure pandemonium and chaos at my house all the time. And it's been the greatest teacher ever. And, you know, when I met Alexi, I was making $36,000 a year. And this is not uh, about money, but I want you to hear this. Within a year, because of her codes and how she showed up and her bigness and her consciousness and her work ethic, I went from 36000 to 150000 The very next year, I went from one hundred and fifty to 300000 Then the next year, I went from three hundred to six, And then I went from six to a million. And what's amazing about that is... Each step of the way, and we've continued to grow together, it wasn't just the money that was growing. It was my consciousness. It was my paradigm. It was my understanding of the laws of abundance. It was me working on. She, um, just her existence tapped into this primal part of me that said, uh, you know, I, yes, I'm here to serve humanity, but I'm also here to provide for this woman. Mm. And this is a woman I want to have children with. Mm. And so for many years, I, you know, 2016, 2017, I had a half a million dollars in my account and I was driving a beat up Prius and living in a tiny apartment. No one would have ever known, but what I was doing is I was setting up for a family. I was, I was 10 years down the road. I was being proactive about the type of life that I wanted to cultivate. And all of that came just by her showing up in my space. So you saying that like you had this abundance, you were sort of making this nest egg to create this family because of her, or you were doing that even before her? I was not doing it before her. Not it, She was a part, a big, huge part of why the volume got turned up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's beautiful about relationships is uh, when we're open to them, they, they're the greatest workshops that have ever existed. Right? I was the most awesome person in the world doing ayahuasca and transcendental meditation and all the things. And then I met her and all my wounds came up. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm supposed to be epic. What is this? Why am I jealous and angry and mad and sad and all the things? And it was, she was introducing it. it, it you know, she, she stood for all the people that hurt me, for all of the traumas. All of it got worked out and is getting worked out in our relationship. And um, for me, one of the most important things in the world is how we feel from moment to moment. And, you know, the true test of abundance is bringing unlimited thought to perceived limited situations. Ooh, I love that. Bringing unlimited thought to perceived limited situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I've been, she, she gave me that space, our, our magic, our beauty, our travel, our play, our, it's been so interesting and powerful. And, and again, when, when I met her, she had a, a consciousness of, of course, around business. She already owned uh, a house in New York and all these things, and I had nothing. And I hacked her consciousness, her paradigm, her of course, and then took the baton and ran with it. Mm.
and then and then found who I was inside of that and it it sort of brought all these beautiful things up which you know we're going to have a conversation about the seven inner laws of abundance I would like to share them through story mm. they will show up and I'll just say that's one mm-hmm. that's one yeah so so I'm curious to know, like, if she had ostensibly more money or was making more money when you first got into the relationship, I know that a lot of times that can feel emasculating, that can mm. feel castrating. A lot of women do go into that with a, a should or a shame. So, like, how did she... Sounds like there was a coronation of sorts. Like, you coronated yourself, yes. right? Like, you kinged yourself. I thought because it was awesome. you were inspired. But yes. was there any element of that that felt, like, belittling or, or no, you were just like, let me mm-hmm. rise into this. You know, Alison Armstrong talks about this, mm-hmm. that there's, you know, the guy who wants to build the castle and then invite the woman in or the guy who wants to do it with her right? mm. and be inspired by her. And I clearly was one of those. I had a very strong Virgo mother, Alexis Virgo, um, and really powerhouse sister who ran the show and I was the youngest. And so my sensibilities towards the feminine were very different than I guess some men who grew up in different types of scenarios. Uh, For me, I had been doing so much work on myself prior to meeting her. That's what even created us finding each other, right? Birds of a feather flock together. And so I was vibrating at a particular frequency in certain areas that she was not. Mm -hmm. And she was vibrating at a particular frequency in certain areas that I was not. And I saw that and I went, yes! We are going to lift each other. We're going to hold this mirror up and we're going to do the work together. And we became this like two-person system, this two-person mastermind. And it blew up and it continues to. Mm. And how much of your relationship dynamics do you bring to your coaching work? Like, Do you work with couples ever specifically or is it mostly individuals? No, it's everything is always about relating at some level. You know, our relationship to money, our relationship to family, our relationship to the... Our, our partners, but uh, for me, most people come to me because they, they're doing all the right stuff and they don't feel alive. Mm. They're doing all the right stuff, but they don't, they can, you know, I have friends with private jets and all that kind of stuff, and I, I feel bigger than them. Not like a competition, but just like my energy body. Mm. I feel so abundant. I feel so alive. I feel so on purpose. I feel so tuned in, tapped in. And one of the principles that I live by is spirit can only do for me what it can do through me. And that's one. That's one of the inner laws of abundance. So spirit can only do for me what it can do through me, yes. meaning I have to work on my vessel. Yes. I have to work on my, the size of my bandwidth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the universe, God, Buddha, Krishna, Allah, Jesus, source, can only and always say yes. It does not have a mechanism called no. So the button is always yes. The question is, is what is my yes? Right? All of us have, like I'll take this cardigan for example. There are probably thousands of people listening right now with something on. And whatever they have on, this wasn't of course in mm, their body. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course I can get a cardio. Of course I can wear a dress like this. Of course I can have a podcast studio like this, right? That was an of course that lived in your body. The game is to say, ah, oh, if I can do that here, what if I, what if I move the of course to there? Oof. Right? So when I pulled up, the guy who runs this, who's awesome. Matt, Soundshed like, Studios. Thank yes. you. He was like, oh, nice G-Wagon, right? And it's like, well, 
I didn't used to be in, of course, to a $200,000 car, but I'm, I played with it. It's like, well, let's, what would happen if I decided that the G-Wagon was the same as the Detour Dino, the Ninja Turtle, and the Cardigan? What's a Detour Dino? Oh, it, um, it's a bike that I had when I was 15. Okay. Yes. Okay. So whether it's a bike, a Ninja Turtle, a Cardigan, a chair... All these materials exist. Right. Like, I need to have a chair. I deserve a chair. This is not extraneous. This is not extravagant. Even if it is. I, it's of course. It's an of course. Because uh-huh. the materials, we don't get to take any of them with us. The universe doesn't have a no. It just has a, okay, so what's your of course? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. If, like, we have energetic set points, right? Uh, where, okay, I can take about this much good, and I can take about this much, quote, unquote, bad or ineffective. Right? Well, what if you just changed your energetic set point higher, right? So there was a point where 100000 in my bank account was like winning. Mm-hmm. Now, I would, I, that wouldn't work for me. Yeah, that would right? make, make me feel anxiety. <laughs> yes, right? Uh-huh. So I've changed the energetic set point. There was a point where $500,000 was like winning. I changed the energetic I just keep changing it. And that's just with that. Yeah. The game is to say where else? Because... None of this takes from anyone else. It all is. And the isness, I'll say it differently. One of the principles that I understand is that the universe doesn't know the distinction between an ant and an elephant. Mm. They are both sentient beings. It's all God. They are both God, doing God things. Yeah. Right? And so whether I have a, you know, a $5 latte or a $30 latte, it does not matter. Mm. Mm. I love this so much mm-hmm. because this idea of how much you're willing to receive, how good are you willing to feel yes. so that you can receive what I call uh, what's available to you in your cosmic trust fund. That. But it's already sort of available to you in the trust fund. The yes. question is how much are you willing to be that, that vessel that. and receive it? And I feel like that's why it's been so inspiring with the... This, the new stuff I've been birthing in the last three years is called Sacred Secret, and it's basically using your pleasure to manifest. Dope. And it's a way to, yes, fuel the desires, but it's also what I've found is the secret mm, benefit mm-hmm. is that the pleasure carves out space for yes. more deserving power. Yes. It's like if I believe my body deserves to feel good yes. in itself, then I believe that I deserve the G-Wagon or yes. the $30 latte or whatever right. the thing is. Yes, mm-hmm. or the seat wagon. If I, it doesn't matter what I was in, right? Like I'm writing a book right now called Million Dollar Consciousness, mm. right? And what the premise of it is when I was quote-unquote broke, I was rich. Mm. When I had nothing, I had everything. <gasps> Everything. Say more about that. When I have nothing, I have everything. So one of the things that I got really early was that the universe, I'll call it God, can't separate itself. There are no borders. There's no places where it stops. And so wherever I am, God is. And therefore, and I do this with my clients all the time, I say, you know, when you're first working on on, on uh, being in ownership of your sacred being and, and, and really being in the practice of self-love, what I want you to do is every time you see something beautiful, right? Let's say you see a rainbow and you go, oh my God, that's so pretty. Right? You feel that and you say, I am that too. Mm. Right? You see a puppy, oh my God, it's so cute. I am that too. Mm-hmm. Because God can't separate itself. Uh-huh. And so when I was coming up, 
I was wealthy because I had a million dollar consciousness. Mm -hmm. I knew that whether I had a seven bedroom mansion or a 70 foot square foot apartment, that I can only be in one space at a time. And then I can create prison or paradise depending on how I looked at it. Mm. And so the game was to find paradise everywhere I went. The game was to see the face of God everywhere I went. The game was to uh, give from the overflow everywhere I went. And uh, one of the key distinctions in all of this, because people will say, oh my God, this sounds awesome, but I'm, I'm like, not ready, I'm not ready. And I, was, I reminded myself back then, ready is not a feeling, it's a decision. Mm. And so I decided that it was possible and poof, because the universe is a yes button. That's number two, by the way. The universe is a yes button. The universe is a yes button and the decision must occur before the universe can meet the, the yes. Mm -hmm. It's already meeting. It's meeting every single yes that we've ever had. Everything that's occurring right now in all of our lives is the universe, the law, right? It's not luck, it's law. It's not personal, it's principle, mm. right? The principle gives no shits. It just says yes, right? So I'll give you one more example. Yeah, great. No shits. <laughs> the law of gravity doesn't give a fuck what I put right here. Mm -hmm. It goes down. <laughs> you want this? No, I'm not. I don't want to break it, but uh, right? Like everything, the, the law doesn't care. Uh huh. The law doesn't care. That's the thing. I thought it was personal. I thought I'm, I'm special in my traumas and the things and my dad and the this and the wounds and the bullying and the sexual stuff and all, all. I'm special. I was not special. Neither are you and neither are you. None of us are special. The law just goes, I got you. Mm. What do you want? And so it is. What do you want? And so it is. Mm. But the wanting and the desiring, which we never get out of, does not come mainly from what we say. It's from it's from what we allow in our space to sort of percolate. This is why I love what you're doing around pleasure because sometimes in the manifestation world, people are like, oh, so I need to write, do a vision board and I need to have every detail. And I'm like, maybe. I don't necessarily do that. I just go, do your thing, God. Do you think? Let's use me. Yeah, I call it like per se. Yes. So you spend enough time investing in your consciousness bank account and then you yes. get to go to per se, which is like yes. one of the fanciest restaurants in New York. Yes. You just show up and like, I don't even know if there's a menu, but like such like amazing things just start showing up to your table, more beautiful, more delicious, mm -hmm. more creative than I ever could have conceived of. That. And it's like once you really start trusting nature, it's like that can start to show up. And then if we start to control it, oh, I'd like a Caesar salad with croutons on the side. Yes. The per se chef is going to be like, get out of here with your Caesar Correct. salad. Correct. That. But we got to start, right? We yes. got to start. You have yes. $15 in your bank account. You're going to the diner. Yes. And that, that server is like working three jobs, yes. is sleep deprived, and you got to be really deliberate. And what's, yeah, what's beautiful about that too is how we get to per se is by being in the diner and finding the face of God. Oh, this crouton. Yes, oh, exactly. This yes. crouton tastes like heaven. Yes. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Yes. Uh -huh. In the Bible, they have the, the parable of the talents. And uh, the, the parable of the talents essentially states that uh, there was this master that went to his, his um, three servants. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you one talent. Go do something with this. Uh, I'll be back in a month. Give the other one. 
Two, he said, go do something with it, I'll be back. The uh, third one, he gave him five, and he said, go do something, I'll be back. Well, uh, he comes back, and he talks to the first one. He said, hey, what'd you do with your talent? And I said, man, I, I buried it. You, you only gave me one. You gave them two, you gave them five, you only gave me one. So I buried it, I hid it. And the master says um, something to the effect of like, okay, awesome. You didn't use yours. Now I'm going to take that one and give it to the one who uh, doubled it, right? And so they go to the second one. Hey, what'd you do with your talents? The guy said, well, master, you gave me two. I turned it into four. That's what I got. The master says, thou good and faithful servant. You've been um, faithful over few. I shall make thee ruler over many. I think that's the exact wording. You've been faithful over few. I shall make thee ruler over many. And he goes to the one with the five, and he says, hey, what'd you do? And the five says, hey, I doubled it. I got ten. He said, fantastic. You've been faithful over few. I shall make thee ruler over many. And so the, the, the gist of the parable of the talents is if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. Right? Whatever you got, whatever card you were dealt. Mm. And so I think a lot of us wish and hope and want somebody else's cards, but can you make your current apartment, your current relationship, your current inner gym paradise? Because that is the invitation. That's the thing that levels everything up. And so everything I have, when my kids are pooping everywhere and there's snot everywhere and they're crying and they're screaming about a cookie that I won't let them have and chaos is happening. Alexi and I are fighting and my, my team wants this. And I just go, I receive. Thank you. I asked for a big life. And big lives come with big challenges. I love that's what you said when you came in. I was like, how are you feeling? Is anything in the way of this interview? And you're like, well, I have abundance in all of the ways. And right now I have an abundance of diarrhea in my household with my yes. children. Yes. And I think that even, that's such a beautiful mindset. of like, I asked for abundance. Mm -hmm. So there might be abundance in all areas. Correct. And can I see the blessing inside of that? That. And, and I love this story. I've never heard of the story of the talents from the Bible, but the way I like to anthropomorphize God mm -hmm. as it comes mm -hmm. to relationship or manifesting is, is like a CEO, mm -hmm. right? So like you're running a company and you give your social media manager like three assignments mm -hmm. and they do it and then some. And mm -hmm. like, oh, I did these three things and then I, I went and I strategized about how we could grow and grow our following and grow that. our reach. Oh, and I also saw this video that you did from a year ago and I turned it into clips and you're like, oh, maybe you should be head of content. That, exactly. Maybe, and you just want to keep promoting that person that. because they are doing what they are assigned and they are finding ways to take their talents mm -hmm. and grow them. Of course, you're going to give them more assignments, more mm -hmm. trust, more responsibility, more money. Yes. But if you're like, well, I'm only the social media manager. Mm. I just did these two things. You're mm -hmm. like, well, you're going to mm -hmm. get demoted and you're not yes. getting a bonus. Yes. It's like, can we think about our desires as our assignments from the CEO and can we do them with grace and pleasure <laughs> and even more? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest ones I have. Um, I teach the three T's. So what are you doing with your time, your talents and your treasures? And the the time part we just spoke about or the, the the talents part the time is even more crucial because a lot of times we <laughs> we get busy doing stuff that doesn't matter right and um i think that one of the reasons i've been able to experience the type of life that i'm experiencing is because i i go through this thing that i teach called the intention formula which is any time there's something I desire, and that happens often. I go through the intention formula, and that goes intention minus reasons, and I list the three to four reasons that my ego will come up with 
for why this thing can't happen, mm. plus aligned, committed action equals results. So intention minus reasons. List them. The fears. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I list whatever they, my ego will come up with, right? And then I prove that it's not right, that it's not a fact. It's a philosophy. And there's a big difference between philosophy and a fact. I'll give you an example. Um, my ego will say, there's a, oh, so let's say this. Okay. So the intention is to uh, launch a product, right? For those you coaches out there. I want to launch my new product. Okay. Okay, so that's awesome. That's exciting. It's always exciting in the beginning, right? Product, oh my God, how much can I make? How much impact? Right? Fantastic. We live in a world that is governed by laws. And one of the laws that we are governed by is the law of opposites. And so the universe, catch me here, anytime I put anything into the space, the universe must give me a contextual field so that I know that that thing is occurring. So if I say universe, I'd like to go left, it must give me a contextual field, it's the opposite of right. If I say universe, I'd like to go up, it has to show me down so that when I go up, I know it occurred. So Mm. any intention I put into the world Mm. is instantly going to go into the law of opposites, right? So, So when resistance comes, when I declare something, I don't go, oh, this is not working, or it's not meant to be, it's not in the flow. I go, ah, this is a part of the process, right? Um, And uh, one of the conversations with gods, he calls it seething. So it's, uh, and I'll finish the other thing. I know you guys are like, wait, finish the... What's the formula? Yes. (laughs) So it's it's, um, conception, uh, deception, well, conception, perception, deception, reception, right? So that's the flow right there. Now I'll go back to the formula and make that make sense. So the formula is intention minus reasons. These are the stupid things my ego is going to come up with for why this won't work. Not enough time, not enough money. I don't have enough followers on Instagram, da 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 right? So I'll go each one. Okay, not enough time. Is this a fact? Is this like true, true? Or is it that I can't watch Love is Blind, you know, at night now? Right? Because I, I have time for that. Right? It's a lot of hours in the day. So is it a fact that I don't have enough time? Or is it that I haven't allocated the time? Oh, so it's, it's a philosophy. Cool. Bullshit. So I already get in front of the game. I know what my mind's going to do. And I say, that's not true. I go to the next one. Right? Each one, I prove that it's not correct. And then I go to the last piece, which is the most important one, which is aligned, committed action. That is an action that is the 80-20. It's, it's the, the, the thing that makes the biggest impact and difference towards this thing. It's the burn your boats. It's the like, all right, what would, what would make the biggest impact right now? What would put me in a position where I had to keep going? Because mm. most people will declare something. They'll, you know, ground that these aren't true. And then they'll go rearrange their closet. And like, okay awesome or they'll like you know maybe I should read another book maybe I should redo my website maybe I should you know it's like bullshit maybe you should reach out to people maybe you should declare it on social media maybe you should hire someone maybe you should put ten thousand dollars down on the house or the x y and z and and 
position yourself, get leverage on yourself so that results happen. I didn't say good results, I didn't say amazing results, but results. I think that people like yourself, and I've literally from afar seen how much, how willing you are to go into the work. I think that you're reaping from all the inner work and the outer work, the small stuff that nobody sees, right? This kind of stuff doesn't happen out of nowhere. I think you're reaping from that, and I think I'm reaping from those things because you, we're both willing to do what the average person isn't. And I think that's the biggest message I want people to hear even with that thing is the aligned committed action is one of the most important parts because it's the scariest, most deep in action you can take that gets the ball rolling. And so when you're doing that formula, like let's say you have an idea, you have the inception mm-hmm. and you, you write it down, is the aligned committed action, it's like you get up and do it right then or yes. you write down the thing or you actually take the action in real time? I take the action as soon as humanly possible mm-hmm. because there's something called the law of diminishing intent, which mm. essentially states if I declare something and then don't do it, my intention starts to diminish. I stop believing myself. Uh. Right? So I'm like, this is the year I make the money. This is the year I lose the weight. This is the year I get in best shape. And then five days in, a friend offers donuts and it rains. And I'm like, oh, I can't go to the gym. And then we're right back, right? Uh So after a while, our subconscious and conscious mind go, bullshit. Mm -hmm. So the aligned committed action must be immediate. Mm -hmm. And the craziest, best part about this is then you can just repeat the formula again. I can do it. I do that every day. I also feel like there's something too, like when you get the download, like when you get the 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 message from your boss, the assignment from your boss, mm-hmm. like the faster you take action on it, like yes. the more support you're gonna get. Otherwise, if you wait a week, it's like, well, that was that was last week's assignment. Correct. It's not this week's assignment. Now we got a new assignment. Correct. And then nature had to assign that thing to someone else. Correct. And then that stream, like, I don't know if you heard the story about um, Prince and Michael Jackson. Mm-mm. Like, Michael Jackson used to call his manager. This is in um, This Is It, the documentary about Michael Jackson. He used to call his manager at, like, 3, 4 in the morning and be like, and, and he'd be like, fireflies. Fireflies. We need fireflies in the stage show. And he'd be like, 4 in the morning. His manager would be like, Michael, can we talk about this tomorrow? And he'd be like, no. No, I need you to get up and do it right now. Fireflies. And his manager would be like, it's 4 in the morning, Michael. We'll do it to me. He'd be like, no. Because if we don't do it, Prince will. <laughs> And like he knew that like Prince was the only person who was innovating as fast yes, as he was. Yes. And so he's like, we, I got a directive from God. We got to execute. I love that. <laughs> and it's not even about competing because it's like it's, it's your idea. You've been given the assignment. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, I have to beat Prince to the punch necessarily. Yes. It's more like if I don't take this active yes. action, then the channel will get weaker. Beautiful. Yeah. I, th- I think it's the distinction between envy and jealousy. Mm. Right? Like envy can be beautiful. I watch my youngest son, Cassius, envy how Kingston rides his bike, right? And all that's doing is inspiring him, right? He's he's making leaps and bounds because he sees his brothers Mm -hmm. doing something that is powerful in his mind. And I think that's amazing that that is like, if if I don't do it, Prince will. That's amazing. (laughs) That's so good. Yes. So so maybe you can coach me on this. Mm -hmm. There are some people out there, like manifestation coaches, and and sometimes I feel myself getting real, Mm -hmm. like, triggered and jealous. Mm. And and like this one woman, she has like 13 million followers. Mm -hmm. 
And for and then I find myself getting like judgy. I'm like, she's only saying one thing. Like, yes. She's just saying like this one thing, and it's so simple. Like I'm here like pontificating about yes. the Vedas for yes. ten fucking years, yes. and like you know. And then I get in this whole story. Mm-hmm. And so like, how do you use those moments of envy to mm-hmm. catapult you, or how would you coach me on like? Yeah. I get it intellectually. Like yes. okay, if you see it in someone else and it's mm-hmm. triggering something you, then this means that yes. there's something inside of you that wants to be expressed. One hundred. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and I'm not taking myself out of this conversation I do it as well Um, whenever I'm in those spaces it's pointing to how whatever I perceive that person has that owns me in that moment whatever I perceive that person has it owns owning me me. yep okay so so money followers own you right Uh, status owns you in that moment Mm -hmm. not the other way around and so what I do is you know let's take Jay Shetty for example right because I've had that come up around him now every time I see anything of his I go wow that's beautiful I absolutely love that that puppy's so cute I'm so cute yes exactly (laughs) right I am that too Uh and I think that I've had the gift and I think you have too you just maybe haven't you forget sometimes of understanding that there are different domains of abundance and while I love that Jay Shetty's life is Jay Shetty's life, uh, I have four beautiful children. I have an amazing wife. I have acreage. I have millions of dollars. I have a mom that truly loves me and shows up for me. I have a, an army of people that don't just kind of like me and kind of follow me. I have people that would, if everything crashed, they would come flying in and take care of my whole family, mm. like thousands of them. Mm. Right, and so I wouldn't trade Jay Shetty for that. Like, come on, right? No hate towards people who don't have kids and all that stuff, but there's an abundance that I feel, even from a health perspective, right? I'm I'll be 44, and I feel like I'm 24, right? Like I'm stronger, bigger, faster. Sex is better. My everything is better. Like, I wouldn't trade that, you know. So I, when I find myself pointing and looking in their yard, I just go ahead and look back in my own yard and go, beautiful, I am that too. And um, I think for me, it's understanding that if you live long enough and you stay on the path, that I've seen people come and go, right? We really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I've also been behind the scenes of really big influencers who look like and seems like they have it all and they don't. They don't. They are slaves to the following, slaves to the like all-American white dude thing that they sell or whatever the thing is and they can't be themselves. Mm. They have to put this thing up right here and everybody buys this but back here they're they're dying and I would never trade for that. Mm. Yeah, I, there's no possible way. I am exactly like this on and off the camera. I am exactly like this. People fucking hate me. People love me. People, all the things. But I love me. That's the main thing. I love me so much. I genuinely do. And I feel powerful, right? We were, I was, oh, what was I listening to? It was something we were talking about. Like some people say like, oh, I got an entity, right? And I share that like, even when I used to do ayahuasca, which I did um, twice a month for a year straight, twice a month. And pre kids, yes, okay. pre kids. Any medicine I ever took, I I could snap out of it in a second, mm. no matter how deep I went. 
And people always would be like, how are you doing that? And it's because I've already pre-framed that I'm more powerful than the medicine. Mm. And I think that some people go into things and they give their power. They say, oh, it's the medicine, it's ayahuasca, it's mushrooms, it's money, it's this, it's my relationship, it's this. This is what makes me powerful. And I'm like, no, have you, have you seen me? Like, have you seen me? You know that? And like, that's the energy. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? There's not a medicine in the world that's more powerful than me. Mm. Even when I leave the body, I'll still be here. Mm. Right? So there's, there, and, and the universe, God says, and so it is. I never get sick. And the universe says, and so it is. Mm. Right? I'm reversing age while not going against it and no hate towards anybody who's trying to stay looking as young as possible. But I see the traps. I have friends. We're all aging at the same time who are like dyeing their beards and like trying to like stay looking like what society says is good. I have close friends. Alexi just did a, a social media thing about her implants. All of that is everybody's prerogative. I just know and see the trap for myself. I've seen it. I've watched. I've looked in that mirror and went, ooh, ooh. You want to play the game or you want to keep these, these grays, right? Do you want to play the game or do you? And like that, that's self-love. Mm. And even if I chose to play the game, it wouldn't make me wrong or bad. And I'm not judging anybody who is, but like for real, there's so much in, in the power of recognizing that there is nowhere God isn't. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like we, we're trying to avoid death because mm. we don't feel proud of what we've accomplished. Mm. I think that our fear of aging is just us like being remorseful yes. of the talents that we didn't make the most of. So we're trying to delay what is so far a hundred percent death rate. <laughs> yes, everybody's <laughs> going. Everybody's going. I mean, maybe in this generation, you know, it's possible we don't yeah. no longer die of natural causes. Like mm -hmm. I'm open to that too. Mm -hmm. But it's like I have a, a chapter in my book that's like what we're <clears> really chasing is the fountain of health, not the fountain of youth. Like I would mm -hmm. much rather see a radiant sixty-year-old who looks like they're sixty. Mm -hmm than a six-year-old who looks like they're trying to be 20 because then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I can just see like, and, and again, like no judgment. I might get Botox one day, who knows? Mm -hmm. But like, so again, mm -hmm. like I, yep. and, and no judgment on people who do. Correct. But for me, I would rather look like a hot, radiant 60-year-old yes. than, than some, trying to be something that I am not. Yes, it's so tricky, man. It's mm -hmm. so tricky. <laughs> oh, that subject by itself is so deep. Um, because there are m so many influencers who are like, hashtag no makeup, hashtag like all natural, and like, it's not. Right? <laughs> but also, but I also have like a, a camera and a filter and great lighting, and I'm also 23 a years old. A <laughs> million things, right? A million things. Yeah, I mean, I've, my whole life is a biohack. Like from the morning yes, I wake up to yes. the time I go to sleep, yes. I am doing things to optimize my appearance, my right. health, my sex drive, my, my vibration. So like if I'm wearing makeup or not, like I've spent 24 hours for 16 years yes. optimizing how I feel and look. So if I'm using makeup to do that, or if I'm using a cold plunge to do that, yes. it's like... I think it only gets tricky when it's doing us instead of us doing it. Yeah. So, for instance, in our workshop, uh, Bridge Experience, one of the days we have everybody come with none of the identifiers that make them their watches, their earrings, their makeup, their, their eyelashes, their 
uh, the stuff you attach to your hair, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you should see how uncomfortable some people are. It is one of the most powerful moments for them. And then we have them stripped down naked and it's a whole thing. And it's like, it's a thing, right? Yes. But uh, oftentimes you don't get that we're so entrenched in the idea. Like even for guys, right? For guys, it's money, muscles, and your dick size, right? Your dick's got to be like an elephant and you got to have $50 billion and you got to be strong and have muscles, right? And like, I've, I've caught that thing so many times where I'm like, but do I? Said who? Yes. <laughs> have any I? of my lovers actually said they want to? <laughs> yes. It's such an interesting thing. But, you know, that's how you know you're caught in the, in the, in the web of porn, mm. right? And there's different kind of porns, right? There's the Sephora porn and, the, you know, there's all the porns, right? And all those porns get sort of weaved in the consciousness of us and, again, do what you want, but the question is, is can you not do it? Can you not do it and be okay? Can you not do it and feel love? Can you not do it and be in your power? Because if that is not true, then you are a slave forever until you can. Ooh, amen. Amen. Mm. And it feels similar to what you said of if I'm looking at someone else and they have it and mm -hmm. I, it's their followers or their money, it's like mm -hmm. that thing is owning me. Yes. Same thing. If like if the Botox or the makeup yes. or the working out, if I'm if I can't stop doing it mm -hmm. and love myself, then that thing is owning me. Yes. So what has been your journey with self-love? Mm -hmm. I know you work a lot with inner child. That's been a lot mm -hmm. a huge theme. No matter, no matter someone's background, industry, mm -hmm. area of expertise, it always seems to come back to inner child mm -hmm. on the show. Yes. <laughs> and so I'd love to hear like, how your inner child work has impacted your relationship with abundance. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is I, uh, in 2015, I made a conscious choice that for the whole year I was going to, uh, 2016, I was going to play every single day. So I put it into my schedule, right? And it would, this was going to be a form of inner child work without having to like lay on a couch and think about what happened to me when I was nine. Play right? lullaby songs. Yes, right? <laughs> so I just decided that I was going to play. I was going to reclaim my childhood through play in my adult body. Mm. And that year... We did so well across the board. Everything, everything in my life took a gigantic leap up just by scheduling in play. Every day. Every single day. It so was like, what in would my you schedule. do? Like, what, what, let's say you're like 3 p.m., you're in the middle of yes. talking to your team. That alarm goes off. What do you do? I get up, I go skateboard. Huh. That alarm goes off, I get up, I uh, dance. That alarm goes off, I have my, my clients do something called joy alarms. So I have them set three to five alarms in their phone. Every time that alarm goes off, they burst into spontaneous joy, right? Reasonless joy. And there's multiple reasons for it. One is we're sending signals, just science and biology. We're sending signals from the brain to the body, neuropeptides saying there's something to celebrate, right? And so one, I'm just helping them recalibrate their nervous systems just by choosing joy. Yes. Two, I'm helping them understand that at any given point, just like Pavlov's dogs, they can ring a bell and go, God's here, love is here, harmony is here, abundance is here. No matter what, regardless of the external circumstances, they can choose to be whatever vibration, frequency, and emotion they desire, right? And so I got that exercise from doing mushrooms in Joshua Tree, where I had a moment out in the middle of the desert where I was like, I'm going to see if I can hold the highest frequency possible. 
for the next two hours. And I was like, I'm going to set this alarm, and I'm going to go off into the desert. And I just was like, just, I was, I was going to burst from joy. And then on the come down, I was like, what if I did this in regular life? Uh-huh. What if I just like on a Tuesday decided that for the next three hours, there was nothing that could enter my space that wasn't peaceful and joy and harmony. And I would, I would like stretch it. I started, I'd do like 10 minutes. And I'd be like, okay, for 10 minutes, I am, I am winning, right? 10 minutes goes away. Okay, boom. Now, you know, lack and limitation can come back in. And I keep spreading it out. That's one of the inner laws of abundance. It's, <clears throat> and I know this won't seem like it's making sense, but it does. Because the other thing that I did with the joy alarms was I made a list of all the people and things that I hadn't forgiven. And because that was blocking the joy. A million percent. Right? So all the stories and things, there were things I did to people that were terrible. There were things that were done to me that were terrible. There are uh, liquor stores I've stolen from. There are uh, people I've fought and beat up. There are a million things. There are women who I went too far with when they were drinking and I was drinking and like manipulation. And there's so much that I was holding as shame and guilt in my body. Mm -hmm. And so along with play, and scheduling and playing and doing the joy alarms was me making a list of the things that I still hadn't forgiven, right? It was presidents. It was the L.A. <laughs> Unified School District. It was, you know, aspects of my mom, my dad. It was the neighborhood. It was the, 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 the toxins that, that were in the walls of my house that made the asthma and all the other stuff go off. Like each thing on that list I would sort of go into counsel with. Mm. and find a way to see the beauty in it. And so those, again, going back to receptivity, there's not as much static on my line because I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm, I'm letting things go. I'm letting things move out of me. I reached out to people and had clearing conversations. Mm. Hey, when, we were, when I was 18, I lied about this thing, and I'm so sorry. Mm. Hey, when I was 15, I did this thing. I went back to stores. We used to do these things called runouts when I was a kid where we go into the liquor store, grab as much alcohol as possible, and just run out. Right? I went back to those stores and gave them money and said, hey, I stole from you when I was 13. I took from you when I was this age. And I just paid everybody back. Wow. Just cleared all the energetic wow. debt, cut, cut the second cord from my dad and I, which was huge, huge. Right? The, the umbilical cord is cut physically. But there's a second one emotionally and spiritually that is not cut for most people when it comes to their parents. And so as I cut those cords, uh, I say often, and this is another sp uh, spiritual law, elevation requires separation. Right? So I had to separate from my dad, like genuinely. I had to have a conversation with him. And I said, hey, buddy, I'm about to go to a whole nother level. And a part of doing that is I'm going to need to not pick up your calls as much. I'm going to need to step back. I had the same conversation with some of my best friends. I said, bro, I love you guys. I love that we do the Hollywood thing and we go out and, you know, we're predators looking for women and all that stuff. But that's not my vibe anymore. So I love you guys. I'll be back. I'll be back. But I'm out. And I cut all these cords. 
Mm. And then Alexi came in. Mm. And then boom, 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 boom. And it just continues to happen. Oof. So what is, what is this law about the cutting? In order to elevate, you have to... Yes, so elevation requires separation. Elevation requires separation. Yes. Okay, so I feel like we've got like four so far. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got elevation requires separation. Mm -hmm. We have, what was the, the formula? Was that the one of the laws? The intention formula. Uh, the intention yeah. formula, is that one of the laws? It could be. Okay, yes. it's like a bonus. Yes. It's like a seven plus. Yes, uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> Yes, the universe uh -huh. is a yes button. Uh -huh. uh, the universe is a yes button. Yes, ready is not a feeling, it's a decision. Oof, good. Right? Uh -huh. um, spirit can only do for me what it can do through me. Uh-huh. Um, and it feels like that, the cleaning up the lies, cleaning up the transgressions yes. is that increasing of the bandwidth. Yes, yes, uh -huh. exactly. Well. So all of this has been, I call all of it inner child work. All of it. Mm -hmm. Right? We're going back and we're cleaning up things. And the beautiful thing about the work the work of, because uh, I have a program called The Abundance Reset. It's my like signature thing that I'm rolling with. And one of the biggest pieces that we try to let people understand is it's not just going to work for you, right? When I did that stuff and I continue to do that work, it elevated everyone in my life, right? I took my whole family and did like that. Even though you had cut the cords with your mom and dad, how did it elevate them if you had cut the cords with them? Because we, I was no longer in the, the, the contract. Yeah, you broke I, the spiritual yes, contract. Yes, I was no longer little Preston. There was no way to enter. I can remember coming home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and I, I, my mom didn't know how to be with me. Right? It was like, she loved me so much and I had always been her baby. And now there was a man standing in this living room who she couldn't, like she couldn't get to, right? And so we had to reconfigure our relationship so she could get to me. I had to open again, but in a different way. Not as little Preston, not as her baby, but as somebody who's so grateful that she opened the portal and did the best she could to hold me. And so each of them, I left it everybody mm. by cutting the, the cord. Yeah, because then they have to rise to make a new that, contract. That. I was reading the autobiography of my, Malcolm X in college. I was getting my master's degree from Louisiana State University. And there was a line in there where Malcolm X says, you didn't choose your religion. You didn't choose your name. You didn't choose the, the language you speak. You didn't choose any of it. This was given to you by slave owners. Mm. And I was like, fuck. Right? So I went to my mom and I said, hey, why are you Christian? <laughs> <laughs> she said, <laughs> you can imagine. She was like, boy, what? How old are you at this time? I was 22. Okay. She said, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you asking me? I said, why are you Christian? She's like, well, because I am, because Jesus is our Lord and Savior and X, Y, and Z. And I said, okay. But like, where'd you get that? And she was like, well, well mama. Right? My grandmother. Okay, well, where'd mama get it? Well, mama. Okay, well, where'd mama get it? Right? And we got, we went maybe five more, and it was like slavery. And she was like, listen, just don't turn your back on Jesus. And I was like, I got you, mom. Like and Christ I, consciousness, I'm into. Yes, I'm, <laughs> Jesus, let's go. Here right? for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> and this religion no longer works for me. Right? And so that was me cutting the cord. Right? And it didn't, it was uncomfortable for my whole family. Yeah. Right? Because now, is Preston going to hell? Is he going to hell? Right? I'm like, fuck no. 
Like, I'm currently in heaven. Yes, I am there currently is no hell. Creating heaven. I am heaven. Right, right? now. Yes. <laughs> right? And so, one by one, mm-hmm. all of them stopped being Christians. Wait, really? <laughs> no. Were you reverse evangelized? <laughs> what are they doing now? Like, what's... They love Jesus. They love God. Uh, but they don't subscribe to a religion. Amen to loving Jesus yes. and not subscribing to a doctrine. Right? But again, elevation requires separation. I had to yeah. separate to elevate. I had to remove myself and build a somatic body that could hold them and then some. Mm-hmm. But it had to hold me first. Most people declare, I want millions, I want this, I want the man, I want this, I want that. They haven't built a somatic body, they haven't built a nervous system that can attune to the thing they say they desire. And so I got, I wasn't there yet, but I knew where I was going, I knew where I was called. Right? And so I allowed myself to be a student. I allowed myself, I humbled myself, I moved back in with my mom at 33. After the cord cutting? After all of that, I moved back with my mom at Why? 33 because I needed to take three steps back to take 333 forward. And what that meant for me was I had a moment when I pulled up to an Exxon Mobil in my beat up Prius. I was a surf instructor at the time and I had $8 in my account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I need gas and I have $8. And you know, I had already been in Burning Man and I had already done all these big things called the Love Mob and all these things. I was a community organizer, Michael Beckwith, Marianne Williamson, all these people are saying, hey, you're it, you're next, let's go. All of that, and I have $8 in my account. So I put $4 in the tank and I called my mom and I said, I am way too dope to be in a position where I have $8 in my account. I am one of the most giving, like, doing the work people and I have eight dollars in my account. Mm-hmm. Something's off, mm. right? I, there's, a, I, there's a relationship that's not working. Mm-hmm. Can I come home for a little bit, reconfigure so that I don't have to spend all this money on rent and all that stuff? Of course, being an epic mom, she said, absolutely, baby, come on home. I go home. I use all the money I was using on rent and all the other stuff to buy my way into people's spaces. I didn't have a bunch of friends. I didn't have people in the self-development space. I was literally just sort of like figuring out how to do it. And one of the biggest pieces was the identity of the stupid kid. Because I was in special education, I graduated high school from special education. So from eight years old to 17, I was a special needs kid. Who labeled you as that? Like, I feel like you can see your intellect from a million miles away. Exactly, exactly, right? This was one of the most, this is one of the biggest wounds ever. And that's why I said Alexi and I are so perfect because she was straight A student, valedictorian of everything. And I was in the class with kids who were extremely autistic and like eating their boogers and making sounds and hitting their heads against walls. And you have to understand as an eight-year-old, I couldn't, my brain wasn't developed enough to understand, oh, they tested me and I was genius level in all these and one-year-old in these. And so they took the one-year-old one and said, oh, he's, he's, he's not a good learner. Oh. And they put me in this class with four other kids, took me out of the class with my friends, right? Can you imagine the shame and oh. the embarrassment of like, okay, 
So I'm a mistake. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm so all that was living in my consciousness. Oh, that breaks my heart. And talk about like the wolf you feed. Like instead of feeding your genius, correct? They fed these areas that that were unique or that learned in different ways. You know what's beautiful about this? My mom saw me on Impact Theory with Tom Billiam, and she watched the interview, and she called me, and she said, "I'm sorry." Do you know how big that was? Mm. Like, first of all, moms, dads, whoever's out there, you don't understand how big. You don't have to go fix everything. But to acknowledge you messed up, oh, that, my heart exploded. I didn't even know I needed it. Yeah. She said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I went, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because then you don't feel crazy. That. Right? You're like, you couldn't see it. I can forgive you for not seeing it. But I thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Oh. So that was living in my space. Again, that was me. That was all the stuff that was needing to be cut out. Yeah. Right? And for those of you going, oh, so this is this linear process. It's not. <laughs> right? No, so it you have linear. to go back and cut and then go back over there and then remind yourself of this. And like, it's just round and round. And then round. you just exactly. incarnate again and do yes. it all over again. <laughs> right? So this has all been a process. And... <clears throat> You know, there are four levels of consciousness. To me, by me, through me, as me, right? For the majority of my life, uh, I was surrounded by to me thinking people. Like my Why dad. Why is this happening to yes. me? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, my dad. Right? It's the white man's fault. It's this fault. It's, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I had to find outside things to tap into a different level of consciousness. And my mom was a by me person, right? So she was, by me is is like, I will will things into existence, right? So she just made stuff happen, which is so beautiful, right? Um, But the third level of consciousness, right? The through me consciousness is where you say, spirit, use me, right? Let me be a beacon, a vessel, a light for your love. That I had to cultivate. And then it became a practice where I, where I made a decision for a year straight that every time I woke up, I was going to go right into through me consciousness. And I'd say, okay, what's, what, what's happening today? Where am I going? What am I doing? Spirit, use me. Use me. Right? Well, you're going to get coffee. Okay, I'm going to get coffee. I'd go get coffee and I'd meet somebody on the street. Like, you can find this on YouTube right now. I met this, this, this um, aut- very autistic, epic gentleman named Brian who was a homeless guy, same age as me, right? Nasty beard, big, epic Jewish afro. And he lived on the street and he'd make these little sounds and everybody was afraid of him. And on my way to the coffee shop, he looked at me and he said, my name's Brian, what's yours? And I said, my name's Preston. I was like, nice to meet you, Brian. He's like, nice to meet you, Preston. I see you all the time. I was like, yes, let's go, bro. And so we sat down and we had this conversation. Brian, became this huge figure in my life. He was such a big teacher and he was such a light. People didn't understand them that I then put him on my YouTube channel and then people started driving from different parts of LA to find Brian, mm. to have conversations, to, to have dinner and lunch with him. And like, it turned into a whole thing. And that's just like one like silly example of me saying, use me, mm. right? You got the wheel. 
Well, it's interesting. I wonder if like your experiences in school of like being around kids with neurodivergence and different ways of thinking, you're like, oh, I can identify with this. Or there's a piece of me that's like this, or I can love. Like people are hard to hate up close, lean Correct. in. That Brene Brown quote, it's like yes. you get to know someone, you understand them. And so thank you for inspiring other people to get to know Brian. Yes. Yeah. That. Mm. That's a really big catch. I love that you caught that. That's one of the biggest reasons in my mind. Like I created the Abundance Reset not for anybody could take it, but it's really for the people who were the underdogs. It's for the people who didn't have, grow up in a family where they taught you about assets and liabilities and uh, the emotional intelligence and the laws of abundance and the secret and attraction. It's for the people who didn't grow up like that. Did anyone grow up like that? I mean, you might have had the assets and liabilities, but if that yes. that parent is probably not teaching them true. the secret. True, true, yes. <laughs> At some level, true. But you're, you've got all of that together, it sounds like. I put it all together, mm-hmm. yeah. Alexi and I do it together. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And it happens online, it happens in person. Yeah, it happens uh-huh. online. It's, we do it live. Mm. So uh, every couple months we do it, and mm-hmm. it's absolutely beautiful. Cool. Mm-hmm. What have your kids taught you about abundance? You know, they are... Uh, kids in general are the biggest teachers in the world and what they've taught me is how to not hold things in my system right all of my kids they just this morning they'll fight over the stupidest thing like it could be just like a pencil and one of them picks it up and the other one's like I wanted that pencil. This is something that was yeah, a valuable yes, object exactly. on the planet. And then that one goes, uh-huh, right? And then the other one goes, ah! And then they're all screaming and crying and doing a thing. And then eventually I step in and say, hey, we are a family that shares, but Kingston had the pencil first. And I'm going to take it for now. And when our, when our bodies are reset, I'm going to give it back to you, right? And so I'll take the pencil and, and everybody's going crazy. Oh my God. And they're on the ground and they're snotting and they're doing the thing. And then literally, it could be just like a sound in the other part of the house or somebody walking in or one of the neighbor kids screaming in the background. Whatever it is, it could be uh, blippy on the TV. They'll just go, oh. And then done done <laughs> they are back best friends nothing ever happened there's no revenge in their body there's not they're not holding any of it yeah they just flip and switch they do it for swings there's four kids there's three swings right so somebody's got to get off that swing right? negotiation early <laughs> yes right somebody's got to get off right yeah i need the swing i need the swing i need the swing right okay well you're not getting the swing right now mm-hmm. somebody says oh we're playing ball over here Oh, okay. And then she's like, goes and skips over. And I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah. That's why in, so in Sacred Secret, there's a component called emotional alchemy mm. where I just give people permission to like rage. We just put on music and we mm-hmm. rage and we cry and, and then we sort of alchemize it with either bliss or turn on. Mm-hmm. And, and I always give people the model of like, like tap into your inner toddler. Look mm-hmm. at a child. Okay. You give them Cheerios instead of Fruit Loops for breakfast and they lose their Mine. effing minds. Yes. And then instantly, it's like nothing ever yes. happened. Yes. And we're trying to teach them to be more like us when really we need to be learning how to be more like them. We look at, look at the news right now and the horror show that happens, and mm. then we're not feeling that. Mm. We don't cry after we look at the news. We're like, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. How are yeah. you today? I'm fine. Yes. And we're not feeling it. And it just keeps getting, like, I think it was Christine Hassler came on the other day, and she mm-hmm. said, we are paying the price of tens of thousands of years of unfelt feelings. Yes. So I was like, how do we learn from our children to feel these things, to yes. express them fully, and then move into the new now? Yes. Real talk. Real mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, it's so, 
interesting because I also see the ways in which the imprint of Alexi and I and the imprint of the world starting to like layer onto them a little bit. And so that's our biggest work is to continue to take that back off, right? And to take what off? Anything that the gunk of our limitations, the gunk of our thought process, right? Like, you know, a kid will see something land on a fence and what they see is a million things until I say that's a bird. And the moment I say that's a bird, I've now robbed them of the 20,000 other things that thing that landed is. Mm. And so I'm noticing the parts of me that wants to label and name and give them structure for this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, is that necessary at four? Is that ne- do I need to? Do they need to know that? Mm-hmm. Or can we, can, can we allow space? Right? There's this story. It's a true story about this uh, dog that was hit. Uh, she was pregnant. Um, and she got hit. And she lost her back legs. And they rushed her to the vet and delivered the puppies and the puppies all lived and a month or two later they came back to check on the puppies and the mom and uh, they noticed that all the puppies were walking around dragging their back legs and they checked them and they're like oh my god did we miss something are these did, did they all get injured well they didn't they were mimicking what the mom was doing of course they and they, like, everybody had this moment where, like, oh, my God. They don't know how to use their back legs, not because they can't use them, but because their mom had that in, in, in injury. And so what's the emotional injury? What's the emotional back legs that all of us are bringing into our spaces? If ever there was an advertisement for doing self-development work, yes. it is that. That, right? Because then you're going to transfer the of course. That. That. Of course my legs don't work. Of course mm. my legs don't work. My mom's legs don't work. Mm, let's go. That. That's oh. why I expand the of course. That is why I do the work. So that is, if there's going to be something that bleeds onto them, because it is, of we course. are social beings, right? It's going to be the least amount of my dad's, his dad's, and his dad's stuff. Mm. It's going to be the least amount of my mom's, her mom's, and her mom's stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll keep some of it because it's beautiful. But some of it doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to them. And so I will be the cycle breaker so they have a reset, right? As much of one as they can get. Amen to breaking cycles. Mm -hmm. The ones we don't, that are not serving us. Correct. There's some beautiful ones that work and will continue. And there's a whole bunch of them that don't work Mm -hmm. and won't continue. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like doing that work of cleaning up your lives, cleaning up the transgressions, paying back the debts, do you, like, how much of a percentage? I'm sure it's a very Mm -hmm. big big body of work of mm-hmm. breaking the cycles, but what percentage of that cycle breaking was that particular assignment? <sighs> and is it ongoing? It is ongoing. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, if we're really honest with ourselves, I lie all the time. Right? We sat with this, um, a guy named Stan Tatkin who wrote the book Relationship Rx. We, we went to get couples therapy with him. <clears throat> and he said, Alexi and Preston, let's start with this question. Do you believe in full transparency? <laughs> now, first of all, before I answer that question, let me ask it to you. Do you believe in full transparency? What does believe in mean? Do, like, in relationship, do I practice yes. do full you, transparency? Yes. I mean, I think I know where you're going with this. 
<laughs> so I don't want to get two steps ahead. So like in theory, yes, of course. Mm. Mm. But I also know that we're all liars. We're all mm. lying all the time, mm. including to ourselves. Correct. So could you ever really have full transparency Correct. with someone? Right. And for the sake of what? Right. So her answer was yes, mm -hmm. just like you. Mm -hmm. My answer was no. Right. No, because for the sake of what? Right? Am I going to dump something into her space that just causes harm and pain so I get it off of me? Right? Like some things aren't even mine. So there's a collective consciousness. We're picking up stuff. There are images. There are things I saw from Terminator 2 and Rambo and Palestine that are living in my consciousness that I don't just get to dump on my kid's lap because they're there. Right? There's discernment. And there is a place where it becomes withholding. And that's the tricky line mm -hmm. that I'm always sitting with. And so the mm -hmm. work is ongoing. Yeah. The work is ongoing. And here's what's amazing about the work. I believe it's separate from my abundance. The abundance is a birthright. The abundance is a yes no matter what. Whether I do the work or don't do the work, the abundance exists. How I experience the abundance is different based on the work that I do. Ooh, I love that. The abundance is, of course, that's coming regardless. Mm -hmm. My ability to enjoy that abundance is in direct proportion to the work that I have done. That. Yeah, because like everyone's a liar. So yes. lying is not a morality issue, yes. it's a happiness issue. Yes. Right? If we can clean up our lives, we will be more happy, and then yes. we can enjoy this abundance that is yeah. already and of course. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna ask for some coaching. Are you willing to do some coaching yes. for me? Yes. Okay, and I think it might kick up the other, the yeah. other laws. Um, so I went through a divorce in 2020 mm -hmm. and my ex-husband, he, he had more money than I did, but mm -hmm. then I ended up making more money than him. Mm -hmm. But either way, it gave me this like, um, like emotional security blanket. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, he has this money saved. He yes. was like a tech entrepreneur. And I was like, if, if shit hit the fan, like we have this. Yes. I felt this sense of security and safety, which oftentimes our sense of safety can be linked to money. Mm -hmm. And so when we got divorced, you know, there was like a whole, we talk about a ceremony, you know, like mm -hmm. biggest emotional ceremony I've been through. Yes. And, you know, talk about telling the truth and being brave. So, and then there was this like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this on my own. Like mm. he was the CTO and CFO of my company. Yes. And so it wasn't just the emotional piece. Yes. It was like, I'm now parenting alone. I'm running the company alone. Yes. I'm financially, it's, it's me. So I went into certainly a level of, of vigilance and, and like my old traumas because my mom was like the breadwinner and the primary mm -hmm. parents were kicked up. Oh, of course, mm -hmm. of course I will be the person doing all of this. Yes. And it wasn't until, but even still, even with all of that, I've always had a really delightful relationship with money and mm -hmm. that I just always trusted that it would be there. Mm -hmm. Like when I need money, it will be there. It wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't really trying to accumulate it. It yes. was just like anything I want to do, I can do. And it's yes. just there when I need it. And it wasn't until this shift that I started to get a little panicky around money. Mm -hmm. And then I like decide. And then as I would feel that fear, I was like, well, let's do something about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, if I have X amount of money in savings and I can live off of my interest. And mm -hmm. so I started working towards financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And it was not until I started working towards financial freedom that I actually started to get fucked up around money. Yes. And so I was just, I'm open to any wisdom yes. or guidance yes. that you have. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I catch is financial freedom is an oxymoron. Thank you, thank you, please. This is exactly what I need. Thank you. It is literally impossible because if my freedom is dictated on anything I put on the other side, and then it's not actual freedom. Thank you. Right? I'm just a slave to the thing, right? And yeah, I, I have fully become a slave to my financial yes. fucking freedom. Yes, and, and we all do that. 
right? Some people do it with relationships. Some people do it with followers. Some people do it with a million things. Whatever it is we put on this side that we think makes us free actually owns us. We are slaves to that until we catch that it's an oxymoron. There is literally no such thing as financial freedom. There is financial independence. There's lots of fucking money. And there's, I bring my freedom to wherever I go, right? So the biggest work in the game is that tuning in and remembering that in this current moment, all needs are met. Mm. Remembering, um, that's one of the spiritual laws, by the way. In this current moment, all, all needs, needs are, are met. met. Yes, mm -hmm. remembering that the ego is a tricky bitch and will lie to you. It, we have uh, biologically, scientifically, we have Velcro brains, which tend to sway towards the negative so that any sound in the bush, which may be a saber-toothed tiger, saves us, right? So your brain, my brain, is wired towards negativity so that we stay safe and don't die by way of being out of the cave, right? Now, with that said, it doesn't mean we can't rewire and relearn and put so much weight on the other side that that is the uh, exception and not the rule. So, so we put so much weight on what's other side? On the right mm -hmm. now, my needs are met. Exactly. Uh -huh. Because it's actually true, right? So when I'm coaching somebody, I say, hey, is that a fact or a philosophy? And I give them the space. Is it a fact? or a philosophy that has crept its way into your consciousness. Most things are a philosophy. And so when I've worked with somebody around this thing, I'll say, okay, so let's talk. I'll just ask you, let's do this. Have you ever slept on the streets because you could not sleep in a house? No. Okay. Has there ever been a time where you didn't eat because food was not available? No. Has there ever been a time where you wanted water and it didn't exist anywhere? No. Okay. Has there ever been a time where you uh, didn't find a way to pay your rent or mortgage or anything? No. Correct. Now, I could go on for hours asking these questions and almost all of them would be that. And so, you tell me what you're hearing in the wounded ego going, I'm one paycheck away from crashing <laughs> and me asking you the, every one of those questions. Wh what's the difference here? Which one's a fact and which one's a philosophy? These are facts. Correct. Uh, my needs have, are met and they've always been met. Always. You've never missed. You've never missed. You have never missed and you never will. Let's do it like this. Let's say, we'll go worst case scenario, the world explodes and somehow for 30 days, your bank accounts get frozen, all the things, and you get kicked out on the streets tomorrow. What happens next? Probably call a friend, stay at their house. <laughs> Probably be delightful. Correct. Have some snuggles. You never miss. You, even if the worst happened, you wouldn't miss. That, that lives as an of course in my body. Mm -hmm. If everything crashed, I'd go, fuck, this sucks. And I need a great story to tell in your next Yes, podcast. let's go. <laughs> All right. right. Bow my head, move my feet. Mm -hmm. Bow my head, move my feet. Yeah. Right? That's the game. That's the work. It, you can't miss. Right? It's not like you're in the middle of India where there's no water and no food or X, Y, and Z. It's not like you're somewhere in, in a rural part of the Sudan where 
you have to worry about food, water, and being raped, right? You live in the United States of America. You come in a white presenting body. You have power, energy, all the things, friends. You win. Community is the new money, and you got it in spades. Mm -hmm. So we can't worry our way to abundance. One more time. Yes. We cannot worry our way to abundance. Is that one of the laws? Yes. If it's not, it should be. It is. is. Okay. It's fasting from lack. Right? It's fasting from lack. That's one of the laws. Oh, I want to do that immediately. Yes. Right? So we do it. We I went into the woods and did four days, just water, barely water, no food, and I fasted. Right? But but what's what's it like to do that from lack, limitation, and scarcity? What would it look like to say, hey, for the next 10 days, no lack lives in my space. All needs met right now, right? And I just keep reminding myself, right? Is there air? Is there enough air? Yes. Am I safe in this chair? Yes. This is building constructed to the degree that I know it will hold? Yes. Can I eat today, tomorrow, tonight? Yes. All needs are met right now, right now. And if I did it again in 30 seconds, it'd still be met, right? That's an energy. That's a come from. Right? That G-Wagon goes away, I get a Schmee-Wagon, or a P-Wagon, or a Lee-Wagon, or I run, or I bike, or I skateboard, but I will figure it the fuck out because all needs are met right now. That's, that, that energy is so potent, right? You know how that feels like when you're dancing or you hit that moment where the song hits or the Molly hits or the, the in, whatever, right? And you're in, you get the Holy Ghost and you're just like, bam, like, let's go. I tap into that every day. Mm. every single day. Mm. I'm not even lying to you. Like first thing in the morning, you re- or, or like at some point in your at day? At some point in the day. And is this your play alarm? Is this your joy alarm? I don't have to do alarms anymore. Yeah, usually. I have my clients do it. It uh-huh. just lives. I do it. I've done it so much, uh-huh. it lives. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. That feeling, right, daily produces. Whenever we practice more, we get more up. So the another law is what you appreciate appreciates, right? Mm. And so... The game is, can I appreciate what is in a way that it produces paradise? Can I appreciate what is in a way in which I see paradise? I experience paradise, right? That, again, produces the laws, the the, the trees. They all want to do it. I've been planting all around our house, right? And it's not personal. Every time I put that one of those plants in the ground, the law says, let's go. This is what we do, right? The roots go, yeah, there we go. The germination, the worms, everybody comes. They say, this is law. This is law. This is law. This is law. It's not personal. It's principle. This is not luck. It's law. Every single time I put it in the ground, it does the same exact thing. And if it doesn't, it can be the right seed during the wrong season, right? But it doesn't mean it's not possible. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And, 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 and because we say it is, and whether we say it, it's so good. That feeling, I could chew on it. I'm sure you can too. It's so good. I could just take the world from that space. From that appreciation. Yes. Oh my God, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, I like to say that like, enthusiastic gratitude for what is yes. is yes. the fastest way to enthusiastic gratitude for what is on the way. Getting high on your own supply. Mm. That. So to me, that means like breath work, pleasure practices. What does that mean for you getting high on your own Mm -hmm. supply? So because I've chosen the path of daddy and husband, 
um, and all those children are under five, um, I don't have as much space to do like ceremonies and all that stuff. Your, your whole life is a ceremony. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. right? you guys do school drop off and they're, you know, <laughs> dropping stuff all over their face and, and, and I need to change. And it's like a million things go every day. Every yeah. day, right? And someone takes their seatbelt off while I'm driving. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> right? Sit down. Yes. Right? My whole life is like that, right? Yeah. So, I, and even at night, right? My wife and I are up, you know, three, four, five times a night, you know, going in there. Someone, someone's having nightmares. Someone wants out. Someone wants to be in our bed. So, all that said, I make those my pleasure practices. Mm. So, I do it in between. I do it as, uh, you know, I'll have a moment in the middle of the night. I'm doing this with one of my sons last night this last night at 3 a.m i took cashers out of the crib laid with him on the bed right next to it and i'm rubbing him and just like taking care of him like yes god thank you for this yeah right and and there's been times times sometimes where i resent it right i'm like fuck man can i just sleep yeah can i have a big day tomorrow like can i just sleep yeah right and no this is what you're doing and all your needs are met, mm. right? Mm. This is this is this is through me consciousness. Mm. Can you be used here? Can you be used when you're wiping diarrhea? Can you be used? Can you see the face of God in the moments that don't line up with what your personality wants? Well, this to me is tantra. It's like seeing God in the places where you thought it was not. That in the shit, in the death, yes. in the sex, in the things that have been so compartmentalized yes. and so shamed away. Yes, where it's like, oh, God is there too. Mm-hmm. That's why it can be such a reclamation. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, again, I only have one one amazing child who's five, which there is a change. Four to five, it's yes. like he's like a little dude now. Yes. He can like brush his own teeth yes. and put on his own clothes. It's like a different level of autonomy. But the other night he, and this is after I shot three podcasts and then I led an activation at, at Kuya. I got home at 11. I'm just like like happily spent. You know what yes. I mean? Like I have left it all on the stage and I'm getting into bed. It's 1130 and he's like, yes. <laughs> and, I like yes. and I actually was like, the first thought I had was like, yes, he's awake. So I got to hang out with him. But even him being in pain, it was like, I felt so grateful that I got to be with him. Yes. I wasn't doing that like sympathy, empathy thing. I wasn't getting in the pain with him. Mm. I was just really holding space and loving mm-hmm. him and his pain at the same time. And it just felt like such a gift and a real milestone mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. because I feel like such a pleaser and so codependent. And, and like I, I try to avoid other people's uncomfortability so mm-hmm. much that I was just like, I am just going to sit in this with you. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I loved it. I mm. loved loving him in it. It was really beautiful. That's so beautiful. There, those are the moments. Um, because there's right now, he's he'll start to have conscious memories, right? There's an implicit memory and explicit memory, and both my wife and I have been super aware of. Okay, there's going to be body memories. What body memories do I want my daughter to have? Yeah. Right. What do I want them to just to be imprinted in their space? Yeah. When it comes to man, when it comes to woman, when it comes to you know, and uh, the those moments go so far, right? Like, oftentimes we think it's the big sweeping present or the big thing, but it's like... The birthday party yes. with the superhero. And the... It's those moments, mm. right? Where mommy shows up and holds space. And, and yeah, the biggest work for me is doing what I do for and with my kids with my wife. Mm, what do you mean? Well, there's... I find that anybody could find 
deep unconditional love for their kids. Their kids could do anything. They're just like, got you, I love you. Right? Where it gets tricky is in relationship. Where you're like, no, you're adult. You, you I just, have conditions. You ruined my life, like, you know? Like, I have a lot of conditions. Yes, they are not being met. That, right? And so learning to, this is my work, learning to love her despite what my personality wants to make up. Learning to open, learning to re-enter the room, right? That's what we started with. Mm-hmm. When, when my personality doesn't want to. Mm. That's the biggest work. Yes, that's what you're saying. That you're, that's the thing you're most proud of in yes. the last 10 years is getting back in the room yes. even when the personality wants to leave the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. So, title of the show, mm-hmm. why isn't everyone practicing the seven inner laws of abundance? Why don't we all know this? Why aren't we practicing it? Mm. The short answer is it's easier to give our power away. It's easier to place blame than it is to take responsibility for now. And so, <laughs> dot, In dot, the dot, near dot, term. Yet. Right? Um, and we don't because we haven't had demonstrations. We haven't had as many. This is what I love about social media is now we have a tool that we can use. I mean, I literally get messages every single day of people that are like, yo, Sometimes I don't even listen to you. I just watch you. Like, I, it doesn't even matter what you're saying. It's the, it's the embodiment piece Ooh. that's just reverberating through the screen. That's such a beautiful compliment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that happens yeah. often where people are like, yo, it's, it's all of it, but it's who you're being that's giving me permission. It's who you're being. It's how you're showing up. It's how you are with the materials. It's how you are in your life. It, 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 they can feel the part of me that's leaning forward. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. Right. And and I think the more and more me's and you's that can show up and show it and not just the sweet, pretty parts. But when we aren't feeling good, how do we navigate that? This is why I brought up many things in this podcast that my ego wouldn't want to bring up. But my soul, my soul is here to serve and I serve by using me as a demonstration, me and my story and the things I work through. And so I think a big part of why people aren't practicing the inner laws of abundance is because they haven't had that many demonstrations. Yeah, you can't be it if you can't see it. So funny, I was talking to Matt, who runs the studio yesterday. We, he, we were driving to another podcast, and, and he said, what do you think we're doing well as, as, a, as a, like a species, as a, mm-hmm. as a civilization? What are, we, mm-hmm. what are we winning at? Mm-hmm. What should we be proud of and since mm-hmm. like the 50s until mm-hmm. now? And one of the first things that came to mind was fatherhood. Mm-hmm. It's like, I actually think that, that fathers yes. are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a sweeping generalization, mm-hmm. but if you look at fathers from like the 50s and 60s, yes. to the level of hands-on fathers <sighs> now, feels and day. markedly different. He said, what do you attribute that to? And I said, I, I think it might be social media. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's accounts like fatherly and people mm-hmm. like you, people who already had a following and people respected, but now are showing mm-hmm. your life as a father, showing your life as yes. a parent. And I think that that goes a long way. If you're just seeing people in the boardroom or mm-hmm. seeing people on the negotiation table or on the golf course, yes. you don't get to see them being a parent. Correct. And like, oh, wait, Preston is putting time and energy into this because it's important to him. Yes, yes. And then you get to model that. That. Mm-hmm. So big. Mm-hmm. So big. Modeling is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, 
how like I I look at you know the the Michael Beckwiths and the Reverend Arana Gale and there are people who came into my life that just by way of them existing, they gave me possibility. Yeah. I went, oh, wait, I can I can be like that? Mm -hmm. Like my version of that? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I just didn't know it existed. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, Marie Forleo, yes. Marion Williamson, those people are like that for me. Yes. And I guess like where's the line then? Because there is and I think as I'm as I'm getting more nuanced about the woman that I find triggering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not actually Say her name. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards. No. <laughs> Yeah. Especially what I'm about to say okay. is that I don't think it's about the money and I don't think it's mm -hmm. about the followers because mm -hmm. there there is a level of a cor of course yes. there. And the, and the question I'm asking is like where is the line between like ugh, like braggery, pompousness like, mm -hmm. that it becomes about the yes. money and about yes. the followers versus about mm -hmm. the principles and the of courseness yes. and the thing that manifested that to begin with. Here it is right here. The Buddha said you will not be punished uh, for your anger, but by it. And now I'm going to attach that to if this is true about this person. They are already being punished by the come from. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's they're winning. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're already being punished by it. Mm -hmm. Not for it. It's empty. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a bottomless pit that they have to keep scratching and getting more. Uh -huh. More likes. More comments more engagement, more, uh, it's a drug. Ooh, i got to get high again. That is the nastiest place to be. And so whether she has it outwardly, usually, um, especially because I've had the gift of being in this space so long, I've seen so many people come and go. I've seen people hit it so big and just, boom, gone, mm -hmm. right? Gone. I have to get a whole nother career. And so... I just wouldn't even spend too much time even considering mm -hmm. because also the people, the consumer. All right, here it is. McDonald's created a parfait menu. I remember this clearly because they were one of my enemies. They were on my list of forgiveness. Right? I hated McDonald's because I felt like they were targeting black people. They just wanted to kill black people through this food. And there was a point where the, the consumer got smarter and black people who were their biggest buyers, started going, huh, I don't know if it's that healthy. Right? And started, there's like a little Chinese whispers through, through, the, through the space. And they went, parfait menu. We'll add salads. We'll add yogurts. We'll add this, that, and the other to appear to be healthy <laughs> so we don't lose the black dollar. And it, it worked to a degree and it didn't because we were like, bullshit. Like this is your yeah, like pasteurized dairy and sugar. Yes, <laughs> this really is not food. embodied, right? Yeah. And so the point I'm trying to make here is the consumer, the client, the family, which is what I call my followers, they're getting smarter. And so what happens is, is people like this woman are the gateway drug. They start there and they go, oh, I need something I can hold on to. Mm -hmm. Who's got something I can hold? Emily, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I need some meat. I need, I need some thump. I need some realness in here. Mm -hmm. right? There's one thing to fake and pretend to be perfect. Hey, you can do that all you want. Do it all you want. And the reason why I've been in this game so long is because there's something you can hold on to. Mm -hmm. There's a realness here. right? And there's a realness here. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at a career over 30 years, right, you may be here 
right? And there's going to come a point where you're here and here and here. And by the time you even get to the second rung, she may be gone. But I like the point of like that the heaven is in the appreciation or the hell is in the striving. That it's, it's not about the yes. thing. It's never about the external results. Like what is the experience Correct. of it? Correct. And I could give myself hell by comparison. That. Or I could give myself heaven <clears throat> by appreciation Correct. of getting to have conversations with you. Yes. The amazing humans that I get to work with. Yes. Yeah, the, the ability to like find a new passion and then bring that into my work. And she is giving you a level up. She's giving you a level up. Mm -hmm. She's pointing to what's possible. Even if it's ugly in your consciousness, she's pointing what's possible. Yeah. So even that, you can appreciate like, oh, you know what? I don't like her flow per se, but like, damn. But she is speaking to stadiums about yes. manifestation. Yes. So let's, let's go. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> let's go. Right? Like there's people who, like the alpha femme chick, right? Oh, there are, there, oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. There are people who don't, like she's 70 million in sales, X, Y, and Z. Some people, I know people who talk and they're like, I don't believe she made 70 million in sales. I think this is all a, like a game that's being played, right? And I'm like, awesome. She's awesome. If it, whatever it is, something's working, right? And so I don't look at that and go, ah, oh, screw her or screw so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. I go, all right, they're opening doors. They're opening windows. They're opening portals. They have leveled up. You know who I'm studying right now who I absolutely love? Amanda Francis. Who's that? She wrote a book called Rich as Fuck. Um... And she is just so crass and winning so hard. She does everything how she wants to do it. She's dope. Right? That, doing it how you want to do it. I love it. She doesn't do like her, like even her website. It's ugly and it's dope, right? It's like how I want my website to be, not like the cookie cutter idea of what my funnel should be and my X and my schmunnel. She's like, this is how I do it. This is what I teach. Come one, come all, or come none. And everybody goes, woof. Because like, the truth, the truth go. is magnetic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yeah. There's one other person, a guy named Reverend Ike, who I'm studying, who is ridiculous. He was one of those hated men um, in the U.S., probably around this subject matter. He was on Oprah, Phil Donahue, uh, Larry King Live, all of them. Every one of those shows, they tried to eat him alive. And he would just... Why do they try and eat him alive? And why do they have him on if they wanted to eat him alive? Exactly. Because he was a prosperity preacher. He preached about money and how he believed that that's what God wanted from us, that, that Christians got it wrong. Um, and that uh, he was just teaching a different kind of gospel, and they hated it. I mean, not to bring it back, but like it's a really good paradigm for slavery. Yes, yes. For like actual slavery and for the workforce that so many yes. people are in yes. now. It's like suffer now yes. for perceived for payoff in the future. That, that's what he's saying. It's all the happy when syndrome. That. And so they hated mm -hmm. that he, as a reverend, as a pastor, he was willing to call out. And, and there's a, a line in one of his videos where he says, um, let thy will be done, thy kingdom come. And he said, in, in King James, he, that's a period. But he said, in my world, that's an exclamation mark. I'm telling kingdom come. I'm telling it to come here, uh, right? And I'm like, let's go, shots fired, bro. Let, he changed the pronunciation. He, he's changing stuff, right? He's uh -huh. like, why does King James get to put a period? Mm. Why is it an exclamation mark? Certainly there's many translations before. We can make a new translation. Let's go, right? I love people who are rebels, if you can't tell. 
<laughs> I'm like, this guy? Yeah. 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 So if you could wave a magic wand over the whole species and you could mm -hmm. install one code mm -hmm. into the whole, like everyone up levels mm -hmm. together, what code do you install? Love is all there is, was, and ever will be. Love is all there is, was, and ever will be. That. Let's write that song. Mm -hmm. For real. <laughs> For real. Yeah, beautiful. So mm. where can people find you? Where can people work with you? Where can people do the Abundance Reset? Yes. Learn more yes. about these seven inner laws of abundance. Yes. Preston Smiles at everything. You'll be able to find me, but PrestonSmiles.com. At uh, Preston Smiles. Yep. Is that your real last name? No. Great. I no. love After I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, uh -huh. and I got like, oh, this is, this Davis is a slave name. Mm -hmm. I would not be Davis. I would be Umbutu or something else. Yeah. I would not be Davis. Yeah. Um, I made a decision that it wasn't going to move forward. And, and what, how old were you at that point? 22. And did you feel like the imprint of your life change? I did. Mm -hmm. Right? Shakespeare says it. What's in a name? Or what's in a, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but he talks about a rose, right? And how. A rose by any other name yes. would smell as sweet. That. Mm -hmm. Right? There's, I, I changed the trajectory, everything. I just decided to embody something else. Mm -hmm. I loved my first name. My dad's my dad. I have first and middle. I had the, I'm the second, right? Preston Eugene Davis, the second. Mm. But I let it go for now. And now you are, in fact, Preston Smiles. Indeed. Thank you for bringing your love. Thank you for bringing your, of course. Thank you for sharing your lifetime of work and your bravery and all of the stuff you have cleaned up and all of the up-leveling you mm -hmm. have done to increase your bandwidth and your capacity of allowing. It is really, really beautiful to be in your presence mm. and to learn from you and with you. I'm so excited to know you deeper. I'm so excited for people to get to deepen with you. Mm -hmm. So truly, thank you for this time. Thank you for getting up so early when all of your kids have diarrhea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been. <laughs> oh, and on that note, oh, sweet friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this time. I hope you have enjoyed this brilliant man. I highly recommend checking his work out, PrestonSmiles.com, at PrestonSmiles. Um, truly, he's making some beautiful, inspiring work and has been for a long time, and I imagine that is going to keep evolving and up-leveling as he does. So if you enjoyed this, if you learned something, if you feel like abundance is more possible for you, my request is that you share this medicine share the message. That is the, the biggest way that you can say thank you. Leave us a five-star review. Leave a, a comment. I read all of them. And then take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Ziva Meditation. You can tag Preston at Preston Smiles. And let us know what you thought because, you know, we put this stuff out here into the world and really we want to hear from you because we're doing it because we want to help you live a more abundant, more joyous, more blissful life. So thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week on Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've likely heard myself and so many of my brilliant guests rave about how meditation has changed our lives. I love meditating. Every time I meditate, I feel like I'm doing it so that I can be 
in alignment with my my highest self. It made the way that I operate in life just a lot more like flowy and graceful. It's true. This stuff really is that good. I mean, how many more world-class high performers have to say that meditation is their secret sauce before you believe that this might work for you? Now, if you're curious about the neuroscience of how this tool can help eradicate stress, then I'm going to invite you to join me for a free masterclass. Now, all you have to do is go to zivameditation.com slash learn, and you're going to get instant access to a masterclass that's going to help you to reduce your stress, overcome anxiety, and improve your sleep in just a few minutes a day. So go to zivameditation.com slash learn and sign up today. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash learn. And I want you to know that by investing in yourself and improving your quality of life, you're also going to help support this podcast. So again, you can go to zivameditation.com slash learn.